Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? They didn't take your yacht? Um, no, I um, I put a fake transponder on it, so they uh, they think I'm part of the United States Merchant Marine Fleet. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's big enough. So yeah. <laughs> Oh no, I feel uh, I feel good. I, um, you know, it's funny how things work out. Remember, uh, I don't know, it's like a month ago. I was saying how it's, I didn't feel right exactly mm-hmm. this or that, and I, I thought maybe from my crash, I had maybe okay. So I complained enough to the doctor that he said, "Okay, listen, go get an MRI. We'll see if maybe you got a, a pinched nerve or a bulge on your." Or disc or something, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, before this, after Leadville, I went for my regular physical, and he noticed my internist noticed that I had a slightly irregular EKG. So I go through probably a half dozen of these MRIs trying to figure out if there's something wrong, right? And so basically, I developed what in the literature they call an athlete's heart. Now, I know that's not consistent with being Jewish, but you know, I'm <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. me, I'm like Russia. I'm a, yeah. a an enigma wrapped up in a riddle inside a mystery. Um, to clarify, that means enlarged when you say athlete's heart, yeah. is that enlarged? Yeah. Right. Enlarged left uh side of your uh thing. And um over time if you go to normal training, it goes back to normal. But you know, I'm meeting with this cardiologist who uh, I'd never met before. So, uh, and his, he's Asian and his English isn't great, but he's a very bright guy. So I tried to explain to him, like, I've been training for this Leadville. And so he's like, well, how much, you know, I won't do the accent because that would be rude, but it's basically, so how much do you ride? And I'm like, well, I, you know, I ride like 15 hours a week. And he says, well, let's see. So that's two hours a day for seven days, right? And I said, yeah, but that's not how we do it. He says, well, how do you do it? I said, well, you know, you probably got two rides of five hours each and then a couple of shorter rides. And, you know, the guy basically went white. (laughs) I mean, pale. Yeah. Um, (laughs) He's like, you're 61 years old. What do you Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, Mm -hmm. I, I assured him that having achieved one of life great's victories of the mm-hmm. buckle I okay. So anyway, I'd gotten kind of fried taking these MRIs, right? Have you ever been in an MRI thing? Mm, no. Be- okay. No, no. You're real claustro so, though, right? Well, if if you're claustrophobic, it this will trigger it. Okay. So um basically you're in a huge magnet, okay, and it's noisy as fuck. And the good news is, if you move at all, they got to start over. Okay, so there's a lot of incentive to like lie there and be still. Right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I've become a bit inured to these things, uh, you know. And and actually, I don't want to say I look forward to them, but it's like 45 minutes where people leave me I alone. Knew, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that that you found the that you you found the piece and, and you yeah. got the time to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I get the script. I go over to uh, Stanford Hospital over in uh, mm-hmm. like what is it like High Ridge Road? They got exactly. Yeah. Actually, it's Yale New Haven. Okay. So I give them the script. Fortunately, uh, there's no contrast, so meaning there's no IV. So they put mm-hmm. the thing, and then they ask you the same questions over and over again. Do you have uh, a penile implant? Um, no. Do you have any metal in your body? Well, I mm-hmm. have a titanium tooth. Mm-hmm. Do you have a pacemaker? So, they, and but one of the questions they always ask is, do you have any tattoos? And I've I've always wondered about that. So they they shoot me in the they shoot me in the tube. Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put <laughs> me in the tube and. Um, these run through the list of questions. And one of them is the tattoo, right? Okay. I said, no, no tattoos. So 
he says, okay, uh, we're going to get started. It's going to be about, you know, 15 minutes. Uh, there's an emergency button to hit if you get nervous, whenever. Yeah. And away, away we go, right? So I'm lying there enjoying the, I can't say the peace and quiet, but I'm enjoying <laughs> right. like my the little The hum? Time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking about this tattoo thing, right? And I'm kind of wondering, why do they ask about the tattoo? And, and it occurs to me, um, I guess some people who get tattoos, some of the ink has some metal in it or something like that. Okay. And I remember reading somewhere that uh, depending, it can be uncomfortable if you have a tattoo and you get an MRI. Right? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking there, I'm lying there enjoying the, the relaxation. Meanwhile, it sounds like there's a war going on around <laughs> me, right? Mm -hmm. It's like click, click, click. And I get this image in my mind of one of these chuckleheads we know who got a fucking Bitcoin symbol tattooed to his neck. I'm thinking the first fucking MRI this guy gets, <laughs> and I start laughing. Imagine and I start laughing really loud, and the technician comes on and he goes, <laughs> "He says, um, Mr. Sachs, we're going to have to pull you out of the tube." And they slide me out, and at this point, I'm laughing hysterically. Right, right. right. He says, "Listen, you, you were laughing. We we had to start over, and." Um, I, I said, well, I just had this image of this guy who I think is a chucklehead, and he got yeah, a Bitcoin yeah, yeah. tattoo. And he says, yeah, yeah, well, whatever. He says, unfortunately, uh, it's going to take nine minutes to reset the machine. And I go, listen, I'd have paid 15. <laughs> so you had another nine minutes to sit and laugh at yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. They probably you know, see a lot of stuff of people in there, you know, the claustrophobic people. Oh, um, my God. But to have somebody, I mean, that, that's got to be a yeah. first where they, they had to hit stop for someone cracking themselves up. Oh, I mean, it was just great. It was just great. And um, the good news is that uh, uh, what I have is I, I do a little <laughs> physical therapy with Travis. Okay. Pain will go away. Okay. And uh, so off we go. Dude, stop um, doing anyway. nine. You you had told me you were doing like like ninety second max heart rate efforts on the yeah. on the trainer in yeah. February. Okay, what, what like when you said that, and I think I said stop. Red I, red flag. Enough I'm of that done. shit. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, it's official. I'm done. Okay, okay. so Thank Cheryl, you. Cheryl okay. has put the law down. Here's the new <laughs> rules of engagement. Okay, for the time being, no mountain yeah. biking. Okay, fair. Okay, you hate mountain um, biking anyway. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, even though I'm naturally <laughs> gifted. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, hiking and uh, road biking, and uh, so yeah, yeah. So old chestnut is officially <laughs> retired. Good, and uh, I'm. It's it's actually a weight off of me because you know the pressure. To perform at such a high level, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can really imagine what a Rod must have felt like. You know, I, struggle, I struggled. I struggled that too, night after night. So. Right, right. When I was anyway. in my peak cycling days, there was a lot of pressure yeah. to get out there on Tuesday night, get out there on Wednesday uh, night, Saturday and Sunday. You know. Right. Um, so the, the good news, bad news is, I will never be that fit again in my life. Okay, and <laughs> that's the bad news, and that's the good news. <laughs> Yeah, defined so, fit, <laughs> yeah. enlarged yeah. heart, exhausted. Yeah. I, I, I know. So anyway, I'm in a particularly good mood. Although um, I'm a little anxious because as is our, our habit, I've not prepared for the podcast this week. And the thing is, there is a lot going on and um, I'm afraid that we're going to fuck it up. So um, we may need to call Lena. Mm -hmm. and clean this up and edit it but don't go chart, know. okay <laughs> no no so uh w one of the things um uh as we're trying to do the shaker approach i'd like to first talk about uh the markets last week and what we think are coming up and then uh if it's okay with you we could talk about uh some of the comments because there was some 
comments written about questions, and, 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 and I think that that might be fun to talk about. Okay. So, um, uh, as is my habit, uh, I went and re-listened to last week's podcast, and I think we predicted stocks were going to go lower, and uh, I think we predicted Bitcoin was going to go lower, and I think we predicted the metals were going to go higher. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? We should have talked about the wheat. <laughs> yeah, fuck that up. Well, <laughs> we we can talk about that in the comments section. Okay, very good. That that did that did come up to play, but um, yeah, it was a it was a you know I want to be clear from a humanitarian perspective. Last week was a catastrophe, right? Yep. Can we just get that out of the way? Crystal and, clear. Yep. Um, you know, you and I have had a meeting of the minds on this since day one, but uh, it, it's important that I think you know, the people out there understand that as a trader, okay, our job is to make money, okay? If our job was to sit around and worry about what was going to happen, you would you would never trade. Um, and the, the way I, I get my arms around that is whether commodity X goes up or down, okay, whether I buy it and I make money or I buy it and I lose money or whatever, what I, whatever I do, okay, isn't going to affect the outcome of that humanitarian situation. So if, if I thought buying wheat was going to fuck people, uh, I, I wouldn't do it. It's just not my personality. But, you know, as my friend Steve Sue used to say, the life we choose is to trade and so you take your information and, and you trade off of it, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I understand there could be quasi-ethical dilemma, like how can you make money off of people suffering? I, I don't really see it like that. You know, whether I buy or sell wheat or buy or sell Procter & Gamble, uh, you know. Halliburton. Or, 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 you know, I've said this before, you know, Apple is a great company and they have sleigh labor. So if you own Apple, is that any different than buying wheat because you think because there's a war, the price of wheat's going to go up? I, I, I guess I would answer like this. I have my view, and I'm comfortable with it. Uh, so anyone else's view is their view, and I don't care to entertain it. You know? It's like, that. Yep. Uh, it's yep. Well, you've been crystal clear about that. You, you're, yeah. you're here. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I want to make sure everyone – or as many people as possible understand what my goals are. Yep. And because one of the things we talk about with trading is, you know, what, what, what is your objective? That's, that's it. Right. And that's the first thing we talk about. Do you, are you 39 and you want to retire at 60? What's your plan? Are you 61 and you want to make a shit ton of money fucking around in your old age? That's your plan. Um, you know, is, is your plan to be a uh, a guy lurking around in the shadows and wait for something to happen and hope you can front run them to? I mean, it just doesn't. That's just nonsensical. Right. So, okay, <sighs> let me catch my breath. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like that uh, Lynn Wanwell Miranda, where during the the, the Hamilton, got to breathe. <laughs> just that's exactly what I was thinking to myself. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, last week, uh, Russia is creating chaos in Ukraine, I- including, uh, my understanding is they're launching shells at a nuclear power plant. Yeah. Yep. Is, is that right? That's that, they've, they've taken the plow, the power plant at this point, but yeah, first they, they started with shelling it. We'll, we'll, we'll lob mortars at it and Yeah. <laughs> Generally, not a great idea. <laughs> to the to the whole general vicinity, I would think that you know you don't want to start a fire in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I so whether you and I buy gold, silver, wheat, or whatever, compared to some guy lobbing <laughs> shells in a nuclear power plant, we get a pass. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, anyway, uh, the market uh, there's there's three markets I'm focusing on stocks, 
bonds, metals. That's just what is important. You care about oil? Let me ask you, you care about oil? For markets. Because oil is everything. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bless you, my son. You have, you, I, uh, I like the claim that that was a trick question and you passed, but I fucked it up and you nailed it. First and foremost, number one is the price energy. Okay. And um, I have not focused on the prices just because uh, I don't want to repeat the August 2020 uh, oxygen deprived autoerotic association. <laughs> Watch them go, go up, blunder. <laughs> yep. But I, I think it's 115 bucks a barrel. Yep. Ish. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. yeah today. I, I, I'm waiting for um, the last I saw Kathy Woods forecast to sell 12 a barrel. I, I don't know if she's updated that, but um, right now uh, a little bit off by a factor of uh, 10. Um, and by the way, I, I've decided, I, and, and I, it's, I should say we've decided, it's the royal we. Anybody who is in the public domain and put stuff out there, I think we're free to make fun of. 100%. Okay. Including my former business partner and all-around great guy, Bill Ackman, talking about how he had nightmares, <laughs> being the only guy in the world realizing there's a pandemic. Meanwhile, you and I having dinner at Eugene's, before that, going, this is a fucking problem. Tuesday night. <laughs> right? Yep. Meatloaf, yep. huh? <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But but the truth is, Ed, Big Ed and I had that thing dialed in. And we were looking at that TomTom, which is the traffic patterns in China. We were looking at the growth rates. And uh, I, I did very nicely. I atypically bought a bunch of puts and did great. That was part of the part A that I got right. The part B, which I keep talking about, which was... I didn't buy anything when it went down. Well, I digress. Okay. So anyway, Bill's out there predicting World War III. And uh, uh, my uh, uninvited uh, advice for Bill is um, go, go on a vacation, okay? Stick to picking stocks. And, and you know, your, your anxieties, I, they're not helping anybody. <laughs> Uh, he put a di he put a diary at their entry on Twitter, like chapter and verse on on Saturday night at seven thirty. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? I thought he, he should have scheduled it for like eight thirty Monday morning, right before the market opened, so it would have had more of an impact. But <laughs> you know, you know, there's um, I think we've talked about this, okay? Um, you know, there's a group of seven Jews that rule run the world, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a committee. You. I'm on the committee. I was going to say you. Um, <laughs> the good news, or well, the bad news is my term runs out at the end of the year. The good news is, is Uncle Mark takes my spot. Okay. But, Carl, but I can. <laughs> my next, uh, the next board meeting, which I would tell you, but I'm, we're not allowed to discuss the date for obvious reasons. Gentile. Uh, I'm going to uh, bring up again the notion of eliminating Twitter. Oh, but, uh, please don't No, It's such a free, it's a free wonderland. It's still free. How else am I going to get Bill's thoughts on Saturday night? I log on to Twitter and I've got Bill's diary entry, like Saturday evening post. I mean, it's still free. I mean, the, there, 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 there's diamonds in, in that mine. Let me tell you, you just got to dig through all the other shit, but okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we're at the 20 minute mark. We haven't had one serious comment yet. Let's, let's, let's get started. Okay. okay. So oil. It's a disaster because every it's all about energy. The higher the cost energy, the more everything else costs. And the more it costs, the higher inflation, the less profit. So um, it's a huge tax on the consumer, which is going to uh, slow the economy down. Now, one may argue slowing the economy should be good because in theory it would maybe slow inflation, but that's not what's happening. 
the, the, it's the cost push. So the, the higher energy prices are pushing the prices up, which is keeping inflation up. So energy is a problem. Uh, so let's work through the second thing, which is close to my heart, which is interest rates. Okay. Um, again, having re-listened to last week's episode, I think I said something along the lines of they may tighten twice, they may tighten 42 times, but they're tightening until we get into a recession. Mm-hmm. And um, all of a sudden during the week, you know, the geniuses are trying to predict how many tightenings are going to be. The zeitgeist. And, yeah. If you need to pick a number, because that's what your boss says, you know, go ahead. But having done this for 50 years, the th- you can pick a number and you might get it, but it's nothing more than luck. Yeah. So it's better just to assume rates are going up until we're in a recession. So that that's how that's going to go, yeah. right? And what does that mean for the bond market? Well, uh, I, I think initially it means we're going to get a flatter yield curve, meaning the rates in the front end are going to go up more quickly than the rates in the long end. Uh, you know that it, now it's public knowledge that uh, f- uh, if flat yield curve means recession. I'd rather not spend the time explaining why. Let's just assume that for the time being. Mm-hmm. So we have higher energy prices. We have higher inflation. We have rates going up in response to the higher inflation plus the overheated labor market. Like you, you're, you, like in your business, how, how is it hiring people? It's impossible. Okay. Impossible. Right. Okay, so there's no labor available, which means the labor that is available. So, for instance, as you know, I have three daughters. Um, The two daughters who work for independent companies have both gotten two or three raises in the last year. Mm. The the one daughter that's part of the family business, I don't think they've given it a raise. (laughs) It's always the, the old, it's always the oldest the, the best that suffers, it's, you know. It's the uh, it's always the kids that get hurt. But in any event, the price of shit's going up, right? So, what do we say? Higher energy, higher interest rates, higher inflation. Okay. Yeah. They're they're all bad for stocks. And I read uh, the Gave Cal IS. Uh, the other day. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I, I meant to bring it with me. And of course, in my senior moment now, I realized it's down in the kitchen. But basically, they said, if I can paraphrase, if you break the market cycles up into different ways, meaning you have a cycle of easy money, what kind of return do you get? You have a cycle of tight money, what kind of return do you get? You have a cycle of easy money and disinflation. What do you get? But when you get to the cycle of tightening of interest rates and inflation, the samples over the last couple hundred years, they're devastatingly bad for equity prices. Devastatingly bad. Like Over the last hundred years, you said? Well, in the last hundred years, when you've had this set of circumstances, mm-hmm. okay. okay, something like half the value of the stocks get knocked off. And why, boy, boy who cried wolf, but it's interesting to me that, once again, the Schiller P.E. is, I don't know the exact number, but it's north of 30. Yeah, it was like okay. 34 or something, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. And I'm guessing that needs to be more like 25. Yeah, I th- that's what I, I thought you used to say 27, 20. Okay. Yeah, but 25 okay. sounds like you. Yeah, so you've yeah. been. Okay. And that was probably 18 months ago that you said that it was too high. Yeah, which is why and I that- didn't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't buy it there. It's too high. 
Because I can remember looking at the the Schiller Peter. All you have to do is just Google it. Schiller Peter, boom, comes right up. And I was like, whoa, wow. Morris said it was supposed to be this, and it's this. And that's going, yeah, it's got to be 18 months that you said that. Go ahead. So, so you can have earnings stay the same. And just the price-earnings ratio and the market change. And, you know, 25, excuse me, 35 to 25, that's like a third, right? Okay, well, so uh, Nishkit on the equities. Yeah. Okay, so interest rates are going up more in the front end than the long end. And they might not even go up in the long end, right, depending on the rate of change of the Fed and the balance sheet. I don't really have a dog in the hunt of the long end. Um, I, I, You know, on one hand... Stuff in the twos doesn't excite me all that much, but if you're over in Switzerland or Germany where it's zero and it's in dollars now, not euro, all of a sudden that may not look so bad to some people, Mm -hmm. right? So, okay, so we've covered energy. I'm not predicting where the price of oil is going, but there's nothing going on right now that makes me think the, the problem's getting fixed anytime soon. No. So we we I'd love to do a whole show on the price of oil and ESG investing and the impact of ESG on, on what that'll do to oil for the next ten years. Oh, it's know, so you, much fun! If you if Just, you do that, people will see you and Amy in a restaurant and they'll spit <laughs> at you. <laughs> I just, please, go on. <laughs> okay, so. Oil, let's just say we don't know which way it's going, but where it is is bad. Agreed? Yeah. Okay. So interest rates, there's complete unanimity of opinion that they're going higher. It's like they don't even talk about it in fucking cocktail parties anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's been beaten to death. Yeah. And by the way, let's circle back later and tell – the audience about that little thing down in Bellhaven with the family <laughs> movies, just okay. to let you know what kind of what kind of town we live in. <laughs> Let's go. Um, uh, so we've talked. I keep repeating myself. So it, I just want to get through it. It's yeah, yeah. Energy we talked about, interest rates we talked about, stock market we talked about, right? And the fourth one are the metals, right? And and it's fourth for for two reasons. One is it's uh, the least important, and it's probably of the four things the thing I know the least about, <laughs> and and have the biggest position in. But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus. So um, yeah. I had a uh, I had a call with uh, <gasps> with Dr. Leslie Harris yesterday, and. Uh, uh, I didn't put it in the personal log uh, because I didn't want, you know, CIA, NSA to know what was going on. I understand. Yeah. But as as I've described Leslie over the years, uh, Leslie is the guy that will cry bullshit, right? So I needed, I needed a parody check. So I called up Leslie and we chatted for. it was probably 45 minutes because he's a life coach now mm-hmm. and they, they and they work in 45 minute sessions so i don't i, I mean he's not my life coach it, i was going to say it, you got a bill i well maybe i not yet <laughs> um Cheryl handles the bills i'm the revenue guy um but uh uh we had a nice conversation and um he reminded me of something i said which i had forgotten I had said to him the thing about gold is once it starts trading like a commodity, it's going to get interesting. And uh, having been a participant in the market Thursday and Friday, keeping in mind that wasn't banned like mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can trade all I want. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was active and uh, it was crazy. Um, so. Can you, be think, more, can you be more specific? Can you expand on that? 
When you said it, when it's when you when you were you say you're sitting there Thursday, Friday, and it was crazy. What? What? Give me a little glimpse into that. Okay, so what? let's say I'm looking at a call spread, mm-hmm. and they'll quote it, you know, two dollars and fifty cents at three dollars, mm-hmm. and normally I don't pay the offer or hit the bid. Not not because I'm giving up the edge, but generally I trade big enough that the market has to come to you to get filled. Okay. And and even now, though I'm much smaller than when I traded professionally, the orders are big enough that, you know, plus the liquidity is bad enough that if if I want to buy a thousand of something and I lift the offer, I'm going to get 18. Mm-hmm. And so not mm-hmm. only am I going to put the price up on myself, I'm not going to get what I want. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So on Thursday and Friday, I would give the broker spread orders and I'd give them orders 15 or 20 cents through the offer. And I, I wasn't getting filled. And then eventually it got filled. And then the end of the day, the fills came back and the prices got done at better levels than the quotes because it was so fucked up. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's when we're talking about crazy. That's okay. That, that's the kind of thing. So, um, uh, what I think is happening is this: the end of maybe two weeks ago, the price of gold got caned, and the price of Bitcoin took off. I remember. And I think that was. <laughs> the oligarchs moving their gold into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, and in liquid markets, you can do stuff smoothly. But in illiquid markets, which we're in, it's the equivalent of like one of these front-end launders picking up a bunch of asphalt and moving it 50 yards and just dumping it on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's what it looked like was going on to me. And it, I think um, the time the last few weeks has gotten compressed for me, so I'm not exactly sure. But I think that was happening around the time that these oligarchs started getting in the crosshairs of people. Remember the the Abramovich or whatever mm-hmm. his name, mm-hmm. the, the yeah, soccer exactly. guy. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it seemed to me that people were selling gold and buying Bitcoin in a panic, and. The only reason to do that is because, you know, you got a gun pointed at you. Okay. So what I think we're looking at now is this. Uh, A couple things. One is you got a bunch of these oligarchs and moved a lot of their money into the crypto universe. Um, Oh, and by the way, uh, I'm hoping that by the end of the day, there will be some pictures of the Saks family vacation at Marbella. I didn't know if those were authorized. Coming right up. Also, <laughs> sure, I had a Zoom call with a guy, yeah. like mm-hmm. a philanthropic thing at the end of last week. And the guy, a lovely guy, he starts talking about Marbella. I'm like, hang on. Why are you talking about Marbella? He says, I heard it on your podcast. Come on. (laughs) How did you find out about that? Can't make this up. That's terrifying. It's (laughs) It's growing. It's like a virus, man. So so where was I? You're talking about what? The pictures of the the oligarch on the beach in 1996 that your daughter gave me. It's fantastic. (laughs) So um, anyway, you have these oligarchs that, they're grabbing their yachts. They're grabbing their planes. What's going to happen, I think, with the Bitcoin uh, is this. Now, um, this is a little tinfoil hat. Remember how last week it talked about Americans of our generation thinks, you know, you take a plane, you load it up with some bombs, you fly it somewhere, you drop the bombs. You come back and the war is either won or lost. You combine or compare that to World War II, 
where there was all sorts of the espionage, dead drop, you know, that story about they took a dead body to convince the Germans there was going to be a, a D-Day in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, wow. I don't know that one. Oh, that's yeah. an incredible story. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So what old Chestnut thinks might happen is the United States government now knows that the oligarchs have accumulated insane amounts of money. Cheryl told me this morning, one of these guys' boats that got confiscated is worth $600 million. Yeah, it's got two helipads and a swimming yeah, pool. Yeah, so her question to me, which is, if you have a $600 million boat, how much money do you have to have? Oh, please. Okay. You know the things in the fucking shop, too? Imagine you had a $600 million. <laughs> of course it's in the shop. I, it's so it's, isn't that perfect isn't that perfect it, it, it it's 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 a boat of course it's in the fucking shop that's, okay 600 that's million why, that's why you need two incredible yeah exactly I, you know when i read the article I, they said oh yeah it's up in like it's in it's in the dry dock or something in, in rotterdam or and yeah i said you yeah. know for 600 mil i want i want to have my boat so i can tool around the mediterranean no no sir uh, no no you can sit on your boat but it's on dry dock but yeah. Uh, okay, so tinfoil hat time. Let's pretend we're no longer snowflake, load up the C-130 or the B-52 and drop the bombs. We're going covert op. What does old Chestnut do? He sends SEAL Team 6, Delta Force, Army Rangers, uh, drones, black ops, and I start blowing up the Bitcoin mining operations. Like the guys that do the calculations. And um, why do I do that? Well, first of all, because I think it'd be fun, but more importantly, it stops the transactions. Now, what I think would happen would be if you own Bitcoin and you can't trade it, you still own it. But if you can't trade it, it's frozen, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't we go and we kludge up the Bitcoin mining and people are going to be pissed, but the bottom line is, look, you know, you like, you got your Bitcoin. We know you got your Bitcoin. If you want your Bitcoin turned into dollars, Come visit my friend Janet Yellen, and you give her the thing, and we'll exchange it. And and by the way, uh, we might want to know where you got it and who you are. And yeah, and that doesn't seem unreasonable because that incredible uh, senator from Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren, in a stroke of genius, realized that cryptocurrencies can be used by criminals, which I, I didn't know if you were aware of that. It's breaking news. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what Old Chestnut is. Says, okay. It's, it's, remember, it's a war. This is not a garden party. This is not foul language. This it's is a bizarre a war. war. It's a bizarre war. They said they were yeah. going to take Kiev in like one day. Here we are, day eight. Yeah, that, you know, exactly. it's strange. You know, where's yeah. the Russian Air Force? I don't understand. Is it possible that, that they're not the superpower, well-oiled military juggernaut that they're portrayed to be? So, you know what the, Mrs. Sachs told me? This is, it, I assume it's true. And if it is, it's great. But apparently, there are people including the people in the government of the U Ukraine saying to the Russian soldiers, if you come fight for us, we'll pay you. If you fight for us for a certain amount of time, we'll give you citizenship for three years. And by the way, <laughs> bring your weapons with you and we'll pay you for the weapons. Yeah. 50 grand. You, I thought the did number, you hear yeah. this? 
Yeah, yeah, it's trust. I took a look. I, I took a look. I, you know, if I wasn't busy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking genius. It really is. Yeah, fifty grand. Um, they've they've had a bunch of stuff. They've done a good job of counter psyops, whatever you want to call whatever they're doing. They're holding the line because yeah. here we are, eight days later, and they've got the Russian column stuck in the mud yeah. for forty months. You know, it's yeah, yeah. So okay. So going back to the financial markets, mm-hmm. what I think happens is. Even if they don't kludge up the Bitcoin. Can what? I can I can I yeah. argue with you one minute? Because because you it's talking about Ukraine offering stuff. Ukraine also posted a thing like send us your Bitcoin, you know? Um Yeah, well so, they're getting donations. Yeah, you know. Okay. So like if you shut it down, like I said in that email, like yeah, you shut down the whole thing. I think that hurts Ukraine too. Um it's not a, it's not a meaningful amount of money. Okay. No, I, mean, I agree. No, I, I agree with that, but I just, I don't think they can stop it. I don't think the FBI can come in and shut it down. I don't think you can go down Monday morning and, and they just stop the big Oh, line. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Let me give you a little example. Remember when I had investments in those airport companies? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we had, uh, they're all in different entities, but one of the entities was responsible for running the airport in San Bernardino, California. I know the story. The guy who ran it broke the law. Okay. They showed up with the FBI jackets. They dragged everybody out of there. Mm -hmm. They picked up all the computers. They picked up all the files. They didn't let them go find their cat and break the burner phone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and they shut it down. So, uh, I'm not a believer, and they can't shut this stuff down. I've just, I've just seen. It. Okay. So, um, but let's just set aside the notion of the Bitcoin. Let's just say it's business as usual. Totally. The reason I think the trend has changed for gold is because as people become more serious. As reality of life starts to set in, you know, the Kevin Muir comment, which was great, which was the bull market and bullshit is over. You can argue all day long if you want whether gold's a good hedge against inflation. And over 50 years, whether you want to own gold or General Motors, I, I don't care to have that debate. But what I do know is this. An ounce of gold is going to be worth something. Uh, a ruble, a euro, a Aussie dollar, a can dollar, it's a, it's, it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. And gold is gold. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it should be 2000 3000 4000 an ounce, or $50 an ounce. But we are in the real world now we're not in the kathy wood world of fantasy of unicorns and robo taxis yeah the whole thing it's like people are hungry they need to eat they want to make sure their money's safe they don't want to find out that the bitcoin that they bought got hacked uh and as i said last week the research guys who I read, you know, I spend them. It's real money and it's my money. So I, these are guys I like. The trend has changed and they're all pushing it towards having some percentage of your assets in gold. And I haven't done the analytic, but I can guarantee you that, uh, number one, investors are, are way under invested in gold, number one. Number two, they're way underinvested in commodities in general. And so now I think vis-a-vis gold, maybe silver, maybe copper, maybe nickel, you got the wind at your back. And even though the Fed's tightening, we're going to have negative real rates for a couple of years. Uh, and that's going to continue to push the commodity prices, including maybe energy higher and i think that uh 
you have a situation that could be sort of the half dozen times in a lifetime where you have the gold, right? And people decide they get the Minsky moment and they want their gold. And, and, you know, the whole time I've been involved in this thing, I've never been, I don't think I've been the, you know, the paranoid world's coming to an end. Uh, there's secret society of Masons and all that crap. You know, it's just a commodity like everything else, except it's what people have come to trust. It is the commodity. Yeah. It's yeah. It, yeah. So to going back to what Leslie said, when it starts acting like a commodity, that's when it could go. And it's starting to act like a commodity. So um, my position really hasn't changed. It's gone up in value, but I said I had X amount of money involved and uh, that's what I have. And I may manipulate it, meaning I might alter it to either increase leverage or decrease leverage. But I was I just going to say, you're going to lever it up? <laughs> well, yes and no. So I'm not going to lever it up by adding more premium, meaning I'm not going to put more money at risk. But you could take, let's say you have, for example, $200 calls. You could sell those and buy $400 calls and, and let's just say mm -hmm. you get twice as many. Mm -hmm. Well, it changes the payoff structure. So I'm always looking at doing those ratios. But in terms of what my commitment is, that I'm not changing that. Meaning if it goes to zero tomorrow or it goes to zero in a year, I'm losing the same amount of money and it's not going to change my life. Um, but I think it's one of these asymmetrical things. At least you didn't start with, if you noticed this week, <laughs> like, like I'm not, like I'm not paying attention as gold's ripping to 2000. Apparently two of the three sax girls, I won't mention names. I know who, <laughs> but they apparently called our broker and bought, bought, bought gold. So, way to um, go, ladies! <laughs> unbelievable. So, uh, um, and let me just let me say something. I know how proud you are of that, and you okay? That's got to make you happy. <laughs> well, look, I I couldn't be more proud of my daughter. Thank you. Well, right? that, of course. Um, the fact that they told me. <laughs> they bought it because they listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not financial yeah. advice. I yeah. thought we said that we said that on episode one. So give me half a second because I'm a little thirsty. But if it's okay with you, I'd like to talk about a couple of the comments we received. Of course, of Do course. Oh, no, 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 please. No, I can't, I can't tell you how happy it makes me that the girls bought gold. I mean, <laughs> now they're part of the. <laughs> yeah. They can yeah. join in the. They can join on this. See, that's not fair because we've been on this road for a long time, and they're just going to hop in now when things are getting good. <laughs> What's better than that? <laughs> that's true. That's fair. <laughs> so, um, just as an aside, um, since I now know what's wrong with my back, and I've been doing mm -hmm, physical mm -hmm. therapy, I got on the Zwift. Okay. So I'm riding yesterday, and you know, 99 out of 100 times, I listened to fish, right? I don't know what struck me, but I put on Born to Run. And I'm about halfway through the ride, and Jungle Land comes on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, one of two things has got to happen. I got to get off the bike, or I got to change the song. <laughs> you couldn't just soft pedal for a while? <laughs> I, I, you know, little, I, that's a two minute piano intro. <laughs> that's almost an inside joke about the, you know, the last song I want to hear. But in, in, any event, in any event, there were a couple of things in the comments that people talked about. And one was a question and one was a comment. And let's deal with the question first. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Give me a second. But basically, the guy wanted to know about holding securities 
in street name mm-hmm. versus owning them on your own. And yep. I'm going to offer uh, what I think is the answer. But trust me when I tell you, um, I'm not at this point certain because I haven't done this for a long time. But back in 2008, I held all of my securities at a bank custody account. And what that meant was the bank held the securities in my name. And if something happened to the bank, that was the bank's problem. My securities were my securities. And uh, I didn't have anything to worry about. They were good. Now, in exchange for that, I, I had to pay a fee. And it was like 15 or 20 basis points, which was not immaterial, but it's insurance. Yeah. Okay? If you keep your securities at a broker in street name, um, I think you're probably okay. But a couple things happen. When the securities are kept in street name, the brokers use your securities and they can make money off of it, which, by the way, they share zero with you, right? And I'm not exactly sure what would happen if you have your 100 shares of Apple and it at Merrill Lynch. Interactive and, Brokers is the one that advertises doing it. So, yeah, use Interactive Brokers. Okay. Yeah. So you have your securities in Interactive Brokers and somebody at another company is short. Interactive brokers will lend your securities to the other company, and the other company will pay interactive brokers a fee for that. But your shares, you don't get nothing for that. But you get all the risk, which I think is counterparty risk. So I would be a little concerned about that. Uh, Now, if you put your securities in a custody account, if that's how it works, um, you'll pay a fee, but they can't lend your securities because they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. yours. They're, yep. they're not theirs. Okay. Let me, can I read the question? Because he wanted to know sure. about, yeah, he said, I would like him to talk about holding equities in street name through a brokerage account versus direct registration. While I know this doesn't matter most of the time, did it matter during events like 2008? And does he think the SIPC insurance could ever fail if enough stress was introduced into the system? So, you know, regarding 2008, did that, that I, in 2008, people lost their collective minds. Um, I think everything cleared, but I mean, there were mornings, uh, EG and I would run a report based on if our borrowing counterparty went bankrupt. I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if our lending counterparty went bankrupt. We knew what to do. Uh huh. I mean, talk about going to the mattresses. I mean, that's so. I'm going to just answer it like this, which is, I'm not a stock guy. Uh, you know, maybe you reach out to Kevin Muir mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ask him. Uh, they're dying for listeners now, anyway, because we're <laughs> killing them. <laughs> Jesus and, Christ! And Kevin will probably just ask Lena. <laughs> but uh, I'm kidding. Kevin's Kevin's the best. But uh, being a stock situation, I'm I'm uh, not confident in my answer. As is my answer to the SIPIC. I don't think there's ever going to be a problem. Um, but that's not how I bet. I mean, I got my stuff, you know, boot and suspenders, and. Uh, yeah, I just don't need. I, I've lived through these things two or three times, so I don't, yeah. I don't need to to worry about that. So, um, so that was the one question that um, I wanted to answer. Uh, the other thing, can can we move on from that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, there was a comment a fellow made that you told me to ignore, and. I've decided to go off the reservation and uh, respond to it. So basically, the person talked about me talking about the war 
and I think he used the term glee. You want me to read it? Read it, read read it, it, read it, read it. A bit disgusted with your glee in a war situation and even more disgusted by the story about how you made some money off the Chernobyl meltdown. You seem like a ghoul. Okay. I, I would like to, even though of the training I've received, understanding of Facebook, how when people are, are looking for attention, they'll say something mean because they know they'll get a response. When I read that, it triggered a process in my mind that I thought I would like to uh, give you a little background in my history, which I don't talk much about. And if you're curious, stick around. If I'm just another guy, see you next week. But here, here goes. So uh, as far as the glee about the war. I I did listen to the podcast again. And uh, I'm fascinated by war. We talk about it, you and I talk about it all the time. And the reason to me is it's the most significant event of dynamic systems in humanity. It's the ultimate cost, people's lives, right? And so when you get these complicated systems, how do you get a bunch of guys that don't want to go somewhere to go somewhere and get them to do something that they don't want to do? This is basically what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's just so much in there that I find it really interesting. And, and and from the beginning, you have been crystal clear before you said a word. I think the first time you mentioned the word war, you you said a paragraph about how you're not taking it lightly. You're not comparing, comparing it directly. You're speaking with the utmost reverence and you have the highest respect. You you spoke it ad nauseum. So so that's been on the record. And maybe maybe this listener missed it's that okay. initially. It's fine. It's fine. It, 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 He's entitled to his opinion. We don't block mm-hmm. the comments. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, yep. If, if somebody puts up "you fucking scumbag Jew," I'll probably go scrub it. Um, but other than that, say what you want. But interestingly enough, at one of my brokers, uh, I got locked out, and so to get my password, they ask you these questions, right? And so they're so far past the, you know, what's your mother's maiden name? Okay. The question I got was, what school did you apply to and get rejected from for college? And you know what my answer was? West Point. So anyone that seems to think I take this stuff lightly, they they really don't. They don't really don't get me. Um, just as one more little comment. Um, you've heard of this guy, General Petraeus? Of course. Okay, so uh, over the years, I've had some activity with this thing called the Center for New American Security. And he spoke at a lunch, which I went to. And he spoke for about 45 minutes, and it was really good. But um, he used the word alacrity twice. So at the end of the lunch, I went over and I introduced myself, and I said, Before we talk about anything, I want to ask you a question. Have you read Winston Churchill's World War II memoirs? And he said, I read it twice. And I said, you know, what's funny is I read it twice too. And he said, well, why do you ask? I said, because you use the word alacrity. (laughs) And the only time I've ever heard that word used is Mm -hmm. in the Winston Churchill memoirs. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I thought that was a funny moment. Let's talk about the the wheat in the Chernobyl, okay? Um, so, as I said, I'm in a trading room in New York. It's 19, I think, 1985 or 1986. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me see if I can find the year. Um, okay, April 26, 1986. I'm 25 years old, okay? I had picked up from Chicago, moved to New York, 
Cheryl and I got married. Didn't know anybody. Didn't have any money, right? Ding, ding, ding. Literally, a bell would ring. You would get up. You would walk over to the teletype, and you would read the headline. Mm -hmm. And the headline said, either Sweden or Norway is reporting higher levels of radiation in this area near the Soviet Union. That's all it said, okay? So knowing Cheryl knows geography really well, I called her up and and I said, there's some problem in this area of the Soviet Union. What, What do you think it means? And she said, that's where they grow the wheat, okay? Well, all of a sudden, my mind isn't thinking about, oh, those poor Russian people, because all I know is that there's a higher level of radio radioactivity. I don't know what the fuck that means. Right. Okay. This is 1984. You're not turning on CNN and getting um, a live update. 1986. Okay. okay. So anyway, uh, she and I figure out that there's a problem where they grow the wheat, and that means the price of wheat's going up. Yeah, okay. you made a trade. So, so at this point, I'm 25 years old. I m- might have 3000 bucks living in Manhattan, and uh, I got an idea. So I call a guy in Chicago that I know. And I explained the idea to him. Mm-hmm. And he, he says, okay, call the desk, tell him what you want to do. And to repeat what I said last week, I called the desk and the guy says, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to buy wheat. And he says, how much? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He said, well, you know, Phil and said, you can do whatever you want. So I, I picked the number. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, 25 years old, virtually no money. I have no arrangement with this guy. I mean, I've known him for 10, 15 years, but like, I don't know what's going to happen if it goes up and they make a bunch of money. Maybe he keeps it. And if it goes down and I lose a bunch of money, maybe I'm, I have no idea. Right. But what I do know is I got an idea. Cheryl and I are on the same page and I figured, you know, get a pair. So I bought a bunch and it went up yeah. and I made a chunk of money. So what, what is the lesson of this story? Like I was young. I had an idea. I took a shot. I rolled the dice and I nailed it. Yeah. And there's no way I'm ever going to look at that story and feel bad about myself no nor should you okay. there's no more there's no more your more there's no moral yeah, yeah. issue with that um, and, and of course you know one guy makes a comment and he makes this comment now i got all the time in the world to refute it right. but you know i wanted to kind of set the record straight as to how i saw that thing and finally um you know i'm 61 and, uh, you know, we've been very philanthropic and, uh, I, I think we've been good people. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to trade, that's what you do. So, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Yeah. All right, pal. Well, um, what do you see coming up this week? Are we going to wrap this war up? I'd like, I'd like to, I'd like to get this over with. This is not going well. Yeah, I don't think so. No, we're gonna drag no, this out for another week. I, you know what? To be honest with you, I haven't really focused on the uh, uh, the on the ground stuff. But these things always take longer than you think they're gonna. I'm, I'm much more comfortable telling you that I think the equity markets are gonna continue to work their way lower, and rates are gonna. No, nah, I don't know. Not too too much, but I do think the metals. Uh, even though I'm bringing the pox on my house, I I think the um, 
I think the models are going to continue to perform. That SPY is still hovering around 4350, and you highlighted that specific number. That's probably the only number you've ever quoted on this show in yeah. 57 estimates. You said, watch what happens around 4350. It's yeah. been dancing around that for the last two weeks, and that yeah. was six months ago. Uh, crazy. So, interesting times. Good times, my friend. Um, all right. You heard it here first, people. The metals, the gold. It's come. The time has come. Okay. It's trading like a commodity. Thank you, Leslie, for, for keeping uh for keeping the content up to up to par on the show. And Kevin, I apologize for Morris. You know, he's <laughs> the things he says, you can't take it all seriously. Um all right, pal. I'll see you next week. Okay, take care. Great to see you. Bye now.